This bonus series was made in collaboration with Philip Stauffer and Julie Maples from Firefly Ventures, a practical startup operator handbook to give our listeners a first-hand experience they can apply to their growing ventures. If the lion is not hungry, don't run. Like, take a nap as well. It's right? a waste of energy. It's a waste of energy. Right? Yeah. You, need to be, you need to be ready when the lion is hunting again. So think about that as well. So if you're paranoid about competition all the time, you might be running all the time while you should take a nap. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Philip, welcome back to the next episode. Today, we're going to talk about how to handle competition. Great to have you back here. Thanks, Ilvan. Another fun episode. Oh, yeah, hopefully. Quick intro. You're the co-founder and general partner at Firefly Ventures, through which you're invested in companies like AngelList, Phil's Coffee, Definity, Beekeeper, and many others. You're also an advisory board member at the Swiss Entrepreneurs Foundation and a founding board member at the Swiss Blockchain Federation. And you also found the companies yourself. So you're exactly the right person to talk about how to handle your competition. First question, should you worry or not worry about competition as a founder? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should always be paranoid. Uh, that's what I say. But then you should not be paranoid. Um, <laughs> and Easy, right? Obviously. That's, um, <laughs> thanks very much. That's very helpful. Um, but I think we can actually learn a lot from uh, the animal kingdom. Right. Okay. If you if you think if you watch the savanna in Kenya, for example, um, first uh, you need to be self-aware, right? Meaning you need to know which animal you actually are, and where you stand in the food hierarchy, mm -hmm. right? Um, don't think you are the lion if you are the sheep, for example. <laughs> Tricky. So, in terms of competition, I think you are part of an ecosystem. Um, and not everything that looks like competition might be competition, right? Mm -hmm. So actually, sometimes founders, they present their competitive slide, and there's like 20 logos there. Um, and often, I think founders think too much about competition from that perspective versus the ecosystem or the evolving ecosystem to solve a certain hard problem. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the ecosystem more and like how the value chain is changing and how all these entrepreneurs that you think are potential competition or are competition, right. how do they solve it? You actually discover much more synergies than you would, you would expect in the beginning. Yeah. And so I, I love to think about these things more as market players versus competitors because like in my experience, 80 to 90% of those, uh, all these other competitors turn out to be actually um, players with synergies uh, for potential partnerships and so on. Mm -hmm. So then second, I think you need to behave in a way that makes you survive. Uh, so don't run all the time. If the lion is not hungry, don't run. Like, <laughs> take a nap as well. It's right? a waste of energy. It's a waste of energy. Right? Yeah. You, need to be, you need to be ready when the lion is hunting again. Yeah. So think about that as well. So if you're paranoid about competition all the time, you might be running all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, while you should take a nap. No. Um, and napping is, of course, for an entrepreneur, there's no napping really. But there's, for example, do deep dives around your product and think about the next step. Think a little bit about like how a chess game will be played. 
And then uh, the third point I would love to make there is this is where startup uh, companies is really beautiful because it defies the law of nature, actually. Because in a startup, you can start as a sheep and become a lion. So you kind of can be a, a, a shapeshifter, right? Yeah. Um, but you need strategy on one hand and you need execution. Mm-hmm. Um, good ideas are cheap and execution is everything. But the, beauty thing, the beauty, uh, beautiful thing about this is you really can start as a sheep and you can become a lion. You that can sounds- also start as a lion king baby and die <laughs> and be eaten by the hyenas, right? right. But that's where self-awareness, I think, comes in. So, so you kind of know your, your place and you work your, uh, your way in the ecosystem to become the category king. Yeah. And this much smaller percentage that you identified as real competitors, who are they? Who are your real competitors? from what you just said? I think, um, so there's different ways to think about that, Mm -hmm. but I think the ones who define the same problem um, and then the same way or a similar way to solve the problem uh, are usually the ones you should worry about the most. Mm -hmm. Um, However, there's also companies that solve the same problem with a completely different approach, which are also competitors. And sometimes, uh, because you took a certain um, approach in a solution to solve a problem, uh, you might end up in like a really good space or in a really bad space that you can't actually get out of because the other company just picked a different way. Um, And so think about it. uh, I always start with the problem. What problem are you trying to solve and how do others do it? So now that I have identified my competition, what are the aspects I should actually consider in thinking about my competition? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to differentiation, right, in the marketplace. And, and uh, I often talk about like perceived differentiation because often founders think, oh, I'm, yes, I'm absolutely differentiated, but nobody <laughs> knows. So what is the perceived differentiation by the people you actually sell to, mm-hmm. by your customers? Um, and sometimes this differentiation is also misunderstood because you only think about your product, um, while differentiation can really be your people, your talent, it can be your go-to-market, your distribution, sustainable pricing, funding sources, sale uh, uh, tactics, uh, and increasingly data, right? Um, we actually even have it as part of our investment thesis that what we call vertical data economies of scale, or VDES, mm-hmm. um, which is part of our thesis, you start with a unique insight of a future demand, basically your idea. You build a better mousetrap, which is your product. Uh, you run the mousetrap and collect data running the mousetrap. And now you have this data advantage of collecting that data and you start to generate inf- an information asymmetry. So you basically start to see what works and what doesn't work mm-hmm. that others don't know. Um, you understand things competition simply does not, right? That's beautiful. Now, with that, you gain prescriptive intelligence and and note that I said prescriptive and not just descriptive, meaning you prescribe the future versus just describing. Uh, And that's a very, very different different way of of thinking about this. Mm -hmm. You basically see around the corner. And with that, you build a better product and it becomes kind of a um, uh, a fantastic kind of cycle of innovation that is very hard to match because suddenly data becomes your differentiator on how you build your future product. 
And not just the product, but your processes, your your distribution, your sales, everything, you name it, everything, yeah. really. Um, and so I think that also will allow you to be much more proactive um, versus reactive, and it will can become kind of your cycle of winning. Now I also want to go through different scenarios on how to best react to my competitor. Let's start with something that might be concerning you, but also not too much. What if my comp competition taps into new markets that we as our company are not active in? I think in all of these questions, like they go into a market that you're not active in or uh, product pivots or mm -hmm. uh, raising of a huge round yeah. uh, or acquiring a big local customer that you wanted, right? Like all of these things, um, I probably would put them into two categories. One is one that you control and one is one that you can't control, mm -hmm. uh, number one. But I think the key to hunt down is like, you need to understand the why. Why are they doing this? No. Because just because they're doing it, which is the what, does not mean uh, it's the right thing for you to do as well. Exactly. Or it also could mean that you doing the opposite is completely the wrong thing. Right. So you need to understand the why. Why are they doing certain things? Um, and as soon as you understand that, you will actually see if they did it out of a position of strength that they controlled mm -hmm. or out of a position of weakness because they were forced into something that they really didn't want to do. Yeah. Um, and our natural reaction is, right, competition does something and we're, sh we're shocked, right? We're like, right, oh, yeah. shoot, they, they know something we don't know. And it most likely was something very positive and they did it proactively. And Quite frankly, in many cases, if you dive into it and really understand the whys behind it, mm -hmm. sometimes it's out of a, out of a weakness. Mm -hmm. And think about that very hard. So I think you need to hunt down the why. Any, any competitive action, you need to understand the why. And only then, I think you should take action on your side. So I assume that if they do that out of a position of weakness, it's something that you say, oh, they do that because they couldn't gain traction in our market, so they have to open a new market, so we shouldn't be too concerned. Is that often the case that if they do something out of weakness that you say, we observe, but we don't necessarily take any additional measures or actions? Could be, that's a good example. Um, but there's definitely a few points where you should be worried, mm -hmm. right? Like, for example, company uh, competitor A raises a huge round and you don't. Yep. Well. What's happening there? Why did why were they able to attract that type of capital? Um, is usually a bad sign for you, mm -hmm. right? Because obviously there's a few powerful investors that think they will be the winner. Number one, yeah. um, and number two, with a lot of capital, you can make a lot of things happen. So you should definitely uh, look in the mirror and say, why did that happen? Mm -hmm. um, another one that you sh should really worry about is if um, your competitor acquires a big logo and you work on them already for like six months and nothing happened. Yeah. Um, that definitely is something that you control mm -hmm. uh, or you controlled up to that point. <laughs> yeah, right. So why did it fail? Yeah. Right. If you just say, well, it's just one logo and there's thousands of these logos, mm -hmm. um, you're doing the wrong thing as a founder. You have to understand why did that happen and what can I do to, to not make that happen the next time. Yep. And often it requires big changes, right? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes firing people uh, or changing processes or doing unpopular, making unpopular decisions that the team will not like right. um, and so on. Um, 
And all the money is competitor hires, like a key talent from your company. That's like a big thing, right? A huge thing. Yeah. And why did that happen, right? Mm. Um, was it because um, you just didn't pay well enough? Mm. Often it's not only that. Often it has to do with your really important talent was just not that happy with your company. Why? Exactly. Um, yeah. And usually if you see things like this, it's usually only the tip of the iceberg. It's one incident and it could replicate very quickly and it gets you into trouble. So yeah. take, take care of those things. Um, so those are just three examples where you really, you, those are the ones that the, uh, the, the, the instances where you have control and you need to own those. And if, if those things happen, look in the mirror and be tough on yourself and make decisions that turn this thing around, right? You know, there's this saying, right? Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. So how close should you be with your competitors? Should you like openly compare numbers or talk about the industry development, etc.? How How close would you recommend being to your competitors? I'm, that's a little bit like, I think there's no right answer for that. I think it depends what type of person you are. Um, I definitely, um, how should I answer that? Um, as a Swiss move, uh, who moved to Silicon Valley 20 years ago, the one number one thing I really appreciate about Silicon Valley is this open lab culture. So you really talk to each other, even to competitors, right. uh, because it's all about learning at the end. Of course, you don't want to share confidential information and you don't want to share anything that gives away your competitive edge or things like this. Mm -hmm. But you definitely want to know your competitors. You want them to know you. Um, you want to kind of be able to call them if you have anything that you you need to talk about. Right. Um, um, but you need to have a certain distance because you're competitors. Mm -hmm. And so you can definitely arrange and, and build these relationships uh, in a respectful way. Um, and I always benefited from it. So I highly suggest it versus I'm not talking to you. You're kind of a competitor of mine. Therefore, please never talk to me. Yeah. Um, that never worked for me. Sure. <laughs> One last scenario I want to talk about is what if your competitor gets acquired? I, I think the same framework applies what you said before, when it comes out of a position of strength or weakness. How do you handle both of them? So for me, this could always mean good or bad news, right? right. Uh, let's start with the bad news. If, if a competitor of you gets acquired and now the acquiring company together with your former competitor becomes just a market superpower with, let's say, just a machinery to win your customers faster, better, serve them better, more capital, faster innovation. It usually means bad news for you. Right. Um, and so for you, it's important to understand is, is it that case or is it actually the good case? Um, the good case is the one where one of your competitor gets taken out, let's say, by a Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. And now that company gets so distracted with everything that's happening and they have to play with so many politics in, in, like internally with, within a large player that they actually slow down. Mm -hmm. um, and in that case, I think you can win big. Um, in technology, particularly in technology, I've seen that scenario play out many times. Yeah. Um, the big players are being taken out and the number two and three players are catching up with a full sales book and closing deals left and right because suddenly um, the other entity is distracted. Mm -hmm. um, and so if, if one of your competitors gets acquired, that's, I would usually initially see it as good news. 
It shows that there's interest in the market. Mm -hmm. It usually fires up VCs who want to invest more because they see exits are happening. Right. Uh, and most likely it will, it will mean some distraction for your competitors. So take advantage of that and accelerate. <laughs> I like that. It's a huge opportunity that you can also tackle. Yep. Anything else that you like to add when talking about competitors? No, but I think the key point I would make, just what I think how I started with, which is like just be self-aware and not paranoid to the extreme. Yeah. Self-awareness and a little paranoia is great. Uh, I mean, self-awareness definitely is great, but a little paranoia is, is, is good too as an entrepreneur. You a should. healthy dose. A healthy dose. <laughs> healthy dose, but not too extreme. <laughs> Fantastic. Philip, thank you so much. We see you again in the next episode. Thanks so much, Silvan. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.